Hello, and welcome to The Top Story, a podcast with the headlines of the day from our correspondents around the world. I'm Shane Bigham. Coming up in this edition, political parties in Pakistan are in talks for a coalition government. United Nations has expressed concerns over the situation in Rafa. And many holidaymakers in China are traveling to Thailand visa-free this New Year holiday. We begin in Asia. Political parties in Pakistan are in coalition talks in an attempt to form a new government. No single party secured a majority in the general elections earlier this month. The parties are looking for partners and there are no candidates so far for prime minister. Daniel Khan has more from Islamabad. PMLN's Shabazz Sharif has engaged with smaller political parties like JUIF, MQM and PMLQ for support. Meanwhile, Imran Khan's PTI-backed independent candidates lead with 93 seats, while PMLN and PPP have 75 and 54 seats, respectively. The Election Commission of Pakistan has ordered re-polling at various polling stations of Balochistan on February 16th amid allegations of rigging and irregularities. Shabazz Sharif has met with PPP leaders in Lahore discussing political strategies and proposing key positions. Both parties have emphasized on collaborative efforts for stability and prosperity awaiting decisions from their central committees. Reportedly, PPP's Bilawal Bhutto Zardari has arrived in Islamabad to discuss government formation and election processes with the U.S. ambassador. Political activities have intensified amid negotiations and consultations to navigate the evolving political landscape. That was Daniel Khan on post-election politics in Pakistan. China is expecting an average of 1.8 million daily inbound and outbound passenger trips during the New Year holiday, more than three times higher than last year. Thailand and Singapore are the most popular destinations for Chinese tourists thanks to recent visa exemptions. A report by the China Tourism Academy says the country's outbound tourism market may reach 130 million trips by the end of this year. For more on New Year celebrations in Thailand, Martin Lo joins us from Phuket. This year, the signs are much more positive, and it's estimated that by the end of this New Year holiday, uh, something approaching a quarter of a million Chinese tourists will have visited Thailand for a holiday. Now, that's uh, back to one in four of all international arrivals, uh, a figure that hasn't been reached since before COVID, and it's three times higher than this time last year. And it certainly provide a boost to the Thai economy of something in the region of 350 million US dollars. Phuket has a very high population of Chinese descent. So there are many uh, Chinese families who have been celebrating amongst themselves. They decorate their homes with uh, red lanterns, they meet to share food, and they let off firecrackers. The, the Chinese uh, tourists, the visitors who come here on holiday, to be honest, they head to places like this. They, they come to the beaches, they enjoy the glorious weather. They probably take a, a boat trip to one of the picturesque islands in the Andaman Sea. Uh, but there are uh, public uh, celebrations as well held in the island's capital, Phuket Old Town. Now, that is primarily a, a Phuket festival, but every year um, it, it combines with Chinese New Year as a joint Events And many, many people, visitors and locals alike, head there uh, for parades, live performances and food. That was Martin Lowe reporting. 
group of tourists has taken a cruise ship to Lashisha Islands in the South China Sea to spend their New Year holiday. Lin Hua tells us how these travelers have kickstarted the Year of the Dragon. The Nanhai Dream cruise ship departs from Sanya and arrives at Lashisha Islands after some 12 hours. All the passengers say they're excited for the once-in-a-lifetime trip. The trip to Sisha Islands is something I've always longed for. It feels great to realize my dream in my 70s. In our primary school textbooks, there was an article introducing the naturally endowed Sisha Islands. So this spring festival, I took my parents and children on a cruise trip to catch a glimpse of the captivating landscape. Over the course of the trip lasting four days, Tourists visit Quanfu and Yinyu Islands, play tug-of-war competitions on the beach, attend concerts and other activities. The beautiful Sisha Islands are alive with New Year atmosphere. We came from Beijing. I choose to take my daughter to Sansha for this special day. In Sisha, tourists write down New Year wishes on spring festival couplets by the sea, forming a huge long character in Chinese. Marking the beginning of the lunar year. That was Lin Hua with the report on New Year celebrations on the Shisha Islands. The UN's expressed concerns over reports of the killing of Palestinians in Rafah. Jody Jacobs reports from UN headquarters in New York. The United Nations says there are heightened concerns of an escalation in Gaza's southernmost city, Rafah. The UN High Commissioner for Human Rights, Volker Turk, says any incursion on Rafah, in his words, is terrifying given the prospect of an extremely high number of civilians. Israeli defense forces began airstrikes and shelling on multiple locations in Rafah. What we want is to ensure that anything that happens is done in full respect of international law, in the full respect of the protection of, uh, of civilians. We will not be party to forced displacement of people. As it is, there is no place that it's safe, currently safe in Gaza. The UN rights chief has urged Israel to comply with the legally binding orders issued by the International Court of Justice and has said accountability must follow. You can't send people back to areas uh, that is littered with unexploded ordnance, not to mention a lack of, uh, of shelter. Uh, the, the situation for us in Gaza on the, on the humanitarian end remains extremely, extremely challenging. I mean, Meanwhile, the UN's Food and Agriculture Organization says a growing number of people will go hungry unless the hostilities cease and the population of Gaza has access to food and water. It's really an almost unprecedented situation that we find ourselves in. We have categories for how we measure acute food insecurity, the IPC phase classifications. And in IPC 3, 4, and 5, which takes us from emergency to crisis to catastrophe, all 2.2 million people in Gaza are in those categories. And again, we've never seen that before. The Israeli military has confirmed it conducted a series of strikes on targets in Rafah and also reported that two Israeli hostages were rescued in a special operation. That was Jody Jacobs reporting. In Europe, the head of the United Nations Palestinian Relief Agency has traveled to Brussels asking for EU funds to maintain aid delivery into Gaza. It comes in the wake of Israeli accusations that UNRWA employees were involved in Hamas attacks. Several countries have since suspended their contributions to the UN agency. Ross Cullen reports from Brussels. 
The situation has been serious ever since Israel began the retaliatory campaign of bombing in response to the attack by Hamas inside Israel on October the 7th. And Israel says there are allegations that 12 members of UNRWA staff took part in that attack on October the 7th. There are two United Nations investigations going into those uh, allegations and the EU itself wants an audit of UNRWA uh, saying, quote, on the control systems needed to prevent the possible involvement of staff in terrorist uh, activities. Those meetings are taking place between uh, Philip Lazzarini and other members of UNRWA with the European Union led by Josep Borrell who's the head of the EU's foreign affairs department. So we can uh, listen in now to a little bit more of what Mr. Borrell had to say. The ministers has uh, welcomed the swift and decisive measures taken by Commissioner General and by the United Nations Secretary General to the allegations. I'm saying allegations. And allegations have to be proof. And today the Commissioner General has once again given us the assurances that the United Nations is giving to this issue all the importance it deserves and it will ensure individual accountability. And I am saying individual accountability, not collective punishment. 30,000 UNRWA staff are working across the region, serving 6 million Palestinians. And more than 150 UNRWA staff have been killed in Gaza since the beginning of uh, Israel's campaign. And the focus is not just on supporting Palestinians in the Palestinian territories of the Gaza Strip and the West Bank, but also those Palestinians who are refugees in Jordan, Syria and Lebanon. And UNRWA's director for Lebanon has said that they have enough funding only until the end of February. After that, the funding will run out. So there has been this suspension of donations by several of the biggest donors. The, and the European Union is the third biggest donor to UNRWA behind the United States and Germany. And so those critical discussions over whether the funding can resume for UNRWA and its work trying to support the Palestinian population at this time. That was Ross Cullen reporting. Recapping today's headlines, political parties in Pakistan are trying to find partners for a coalition government. The United Nations says it's concerned over the situation in Rafah, and China is seeing high numbers of inbound and outbound passenger trips thanks to visa exemptions. That's it for this edition of The Top Story, a podcast that brings you the world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sport, and culture, you can subscribe to The Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Shane Bigham. Thanks for listening.